This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. I want to speak about is one of the most enigmatic and larger-than-life figures in Klyasol's, I guess, recent history, Chassidah's recent history, and that is the Kotzka, Nachamendel. Um, he was born in, 19, in 1787 and was nifter in Chavbei Shvat, 1859. Um, it, there's probably nobody, there's, there's no figure who was more powerfully influenced so many people, um, so many different chassidists in one way, and really a lot of his life was an enigma. Um, you know, it, it's something that is, um, parts of it are very, very unclear. And uh, except that we have two Adim uh, that are impeccable about that the man was a giant beyond our Musagim. The, um, the, the wasn't written, the, the best, I guess the most balanced of all the things I've read was uh, put out by Mosrav Cook, Yitzhak Alfasi, who was a Chassidish background, a, a positive person, and has done a lot, put out on Chassidus a lot, has on the Rebbe Mikotsk, um, with, you know, he, everything's annotated the way it should be. And other than that, there have been a handful of books written by different people, and everyone sort of painted a little differently. In his terms of his own Torah, we have very little. He burnt his own Torah. Uh, he didn't leave much of it, he didn't leave any of it. There's, there's something called MS Vemuna, MS Mekotz Titzmach. Um, the Tzad is, they're just random Vertlach, no, no organization to it. Um, it. And there's another problem that everything he spoke, it, it, it's most sharply expressed itself in Yiddish. Um, he, he, he really, his, the sharpness of his Verta are in Yiddish. The sperm are printed in Hebrew, so you already get a duller version of it, and people need to make some sort of accommodation, so they translate this way, that way, the other way. But that's why there's very little solid, and there are parishes that are big question marks that everyone interprets the way he wants to interpret. I'll try to get a sense of it, what we know, and, and, and so on. First of all, let's get a little bit of an understanding of the Tkufa. We spoke a little bit when we spoke about the Chedusha Rim, but we'll, we'll refresh the, the Shorish of it, and then we'll go on to explain him. Pele, it, it, the, the, when the Magid was Nifta, that was the f- first generation after Baal Shem Tov, he left a bunch of Talmidim. His different Talmidim went to different areas in Europe to be made for Tzachsidus. The, um, the Talmidim that ended up in, uh, in Poland, there were different, but the ones that ended up at the, in creating the Polish Hasidus was the Koshnitzer Magid, the Choizim Lublin, probably most famous, and Nachman Rimenov. They were the ones that, that were there. The Choizer was born in 1745, and um, he was probably the Doyen of Polish Hasidus. He, um, his Hasidus was a sort of Balshem version of Hasidus. Rocha Kodesh, Moivsim, it was called the Choizim Lublin, and so on. Um, that was the Ben Echsidis. He had a Talmud, who had exactly the same name as him, and the, mother, the same mother's name. 
and he was called the Yudah Kaddish. Um, he was born 20 years later, 1766. He came to him and he became dissatisfied with the Chassidus. He felt there's not enough learning, not enough depth, not enough check on just kind of the, you know, kind of uh, general Hasidic sort of happenings. There, there, there wasn't anything counter to that. He, he wasn't happy and he left and broke away. It was an incredible machlokas. It shook Chassidus because by Chassidim being Dovak to the Rebbe is like the ultimate and the Chayzim Lublin was Ish Kaddish by all counts and breaking away is like um, it's like Morid B'Malchus but he broke away and he formed his own Chatzah and he took with him the two Talmidim that had been by the Chayzim one was Bunim from Pshischa and one was Reb Mendel um, Thomas Shab is a Kotzka that was the Menach Mendel Kotzka those were two Tamir Chayzeh that broke away and went away with the Yida Kaddish um, the Yida Kaddish didn't live long whether the Tsaris or the Radifis, whatever it was he was Nifter when he was 45 and when he was Nifter there was some up in the air who would take over and in the end the Chassidim went to Rabunim Ipshischa which also left hardships, people, some people wanted his son to take over, like always, things things were not simple. But Rebunim became the head of Shishachsidus, and he was the one who really forged a new Chassidus within the context of Chassidus. His main points, Rebunim's main points were that Talmud without learning, nothing else is worth anything. It, it was interesting, not so much from the Litvish perspective of Tam as much as the only thing that's real and demanding and requires a person to be committed and honest and not fool himself is learning. So learning had a very big doggish. Two, a, 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 a check on yourself to see, are you really, really into what you're doing? Or just praving. That was a very, very strong point that Rabunim um, was Matgish. That if people are not emissed with themselves and all the emotional outpourings really, really need to be examined. So it was almost a, a, a U turn away from Chesidus. Whereas Chesidus pushed emotional outpouring and tefillah, they pushed very much Talmud and a searing honesty. He, um, he had many Talmudim, Rebun of Shizcha, Echidush Arim was also a Talmud of his, was a big Talmud of his, and, they, and while he was alive, the Kotzka was already considered like the Rosh Chabura. He had in himself a, um, a following with, with his Rebbe's um, permission and uh, encouragement, and he, he sharpened his Rebbe's Mahalach. In other words, as sharp as Rebunim was, he was much sharper. And he would eventually become the climax of, of that movement. He was brilliant beyond words. He was extraordinarily smart. Um, his, about his learning, 
I want to say, two witnesses, and these two Edas are as Edas for everything. The Chidusha Rim, who is the acknowledged God in Poland, said people think they know how to learn until they meet the Kotzka. When you meet the Kotzka, you know that you don't know how to learn. That's from the Chidusha Rim. The, his son-in-law, the Kotzka's son-in-law, was the Sochachar, the Abnezer. The Abnezer writes in his Hakdomet Agletal that I learned how to learn Be'iyun and how to be Mechadish Chidusha Torah Libid Emes from my father-in-law. That's what he writes. And then there's a story in Avi Royam, which is a very reliable sefer. It's a, it's a history of the Sochachar, that he once came with a kasha on the Rambam. With the kasha, with a shver Rambam to the Kotzka. The Kotzka called in two or three others, and the Chidushrim was there, Sachachav, and somebody else. And the, the Kotzka said 13 Mahalchim in the Rambam. The Chidushrim said, so the Abnezer said he understood seven of them, and the other six were beyond him. The Chidusha Rim understood 10 or 13th, and three of them was, went beyond both their heads. That was his Dargan learning. It was incredible. He was an extraordinarily focused person, and the description of his face, his eyes were piercing beyond words. They looked at you, they sent shivers up your spine. He was extremely, um, he, he had a force of personality. He also was... Um, was extremely um, withdrawn in the sense of um, anti-heavy emotional outpourings. Two stories to sort of demonstrate the type of thing was when the Pshuscha was sick and dying, everybody was saying Tillam Bekoyle Koylis. He was standing like a stone wall, not motion, not moving. Um, the Oh, maybe this was when the Yid was sick. And Abunam Shishcha told him, why are, you, why are you shaking the worlds to save your Rebbe? In other words, why are you davening so intensely? In other words, he understood that his intense davening would not be displayed by heavy emotional outpouring, but Adarabha, by a very, very tight control over himself. He once said in one of his famous verities, so the, the, the simple meaning of the word of Pasuk is, is uh, you know, your, your footsteps are beautiful in shoes. He touched it. He gave it a, a knech. The word pamayich is like your heartbeat, your heart throb. When it's closed in and doesn't show itself. In other words, not expressing your emotions is a more genuine emotion than spraying your emotions all over the place. Um, that was um, when his Rebbe was dying, when, when the Pshesh was dying, his son was supposed to get married the same day. He didn't want to go to his son's wedding. He said he wants to stay with his Rebbe as his nifta. His Rebbe told him, I'm, I'm being mitzavayu to go to the wedding. He went to the wedding. He missed his Rebbe's Ptira. He came back and closed himself up in the room um, where, the, where his Rebbe had died. He closed himself up for a few hours. He came out. He said, I was the only one who attended the funeral of the Rebbe. Whatever it means, whatever that, that means, whatever, that was it. After Rebbe Shesko was nifta, there was a question who would take over. That was always an issue. And there were 
three candidates. Rabunim had a son. The Chassidim did not particularly care for him. The Chedusha Rim was the Choshev Nechabura and the Kotzka. They met, and then the, the Chedusha Rim brought in water for the Kotzka to wash his hands, and they understood that as a sign that he was the Kabul Demaris of the Kotzka. And the Kotzka became the undisputed head of the Chabura. They didn't even bother to go back to Pshischa. They went to a, t- to a town, Tomashov, and the Kotzka began to, to have a chotzer there. He became very popular. People started screaming to him. They sat two years in Tomashov, and the people in town drove them out, um, which was unfortunately a common thing. There were fights and so on. And he went to Kotzka, and that's where he stayed till the end of his life. The... the, the um, he made a revolution. People were extraordinarily attracted to his personality, to what he had to say, um, to the extreme, his extreme, extreme, extreme um, drive for Emmis. You had a sense he was very tough and he would rip you to shreds time and again and again and again. That was his mahalach. But there was a sense of it being real. And, and enthusiastic, and it was, it was a place where things were really, really on fire. And people felt this is the place where there's a real fire burning. He, he demanded that only Big Tamir Chacham come. He had no use for the Hamonam. He couldn't, he, he preached that he couldn't kill us. I mean, he cared a lot, but the Pshat was he wanted only people that were the elite of the elite. His, he demanded what would happen is people would come there. You have to understand the situation. People were married. There weren't Bachram. There were no Bachram there. People were married. They would leave their wives and children and come for weeks and weeks and weeks. Where would the family live off? Where would have money? Um, take care of the problems. They dropped everything, left everything, and came there. And there was a sense of that the world, you know. It, 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 it's not worth the, the, the not worth a, a, a penny, and only in Kotsk is something really real and meaningful and and something. Dan Hagen Kotsk was that total disrespect for people, so that people don't hold themselves um, with extreme extreme bitter. and any sign that a person indicated as if he'd be somewhat chashev. Was, was immediately a recipe for being ripped to shreds. Um, and, and, and people, people, um, people thrived on it. It was, it was I really feel that I'm, I'm being emissive with myself. Um, it, it, and, and it was something that really, really inspired people there. They felt that he was like that, and, and he inspired them with that. Um, uh, uh, an example of something that made other people shudder. I mean, he attracted children of Gedolim. Uh, the most famous one is Rabbi Kivega's grandson. Rabbi Kivega had a son, Rabbi Shleim Ege, who was a businessman and a Vechasham Chachem. And he had a son, Rabbi Label, Rabbi Yehuda. And he was there. Chem de Shloma had a son or a son-in-law there. The Ktsayis the, the, the had a grandson there. Nesibis had a son-in-law there. All sorts of people were attracted. An example of what it was like when, you know, how they were mevatel you, when Reb Leibla Eger came 
they were very wary of him because he um, he was a son of Samir Sochashev, a grandson of Samir Sochashev. He had money also. So the first thing they made him was to sell all his clothing and put the money in the common drinking pot where everybody would buy drinks from. And he sold his clothing and, you know, went for, for Lechaims. And it was, it, was, it was a shita. It was something that it was to sort of rip, rip yourself to shreds. Don't be much of yourself because you, you're not going anywhere if you're being much of yourself. Um, a story goes, Rav Shloyme Eger went to, to find, to, to take his son back. It was like a cult had claimed his son. And Rav Shloyme Eger came there and he asked, where is Reb Leib Eger? I looked at him, Reb Leib there's nobody, no Reb Ah, he says, label Shloyme Akivas. Yeah, he's down there drinking. He was shaking to his core. Akivas? You don't want to keep Eger? Akivas? What, what are you talking about? But th- th- it, was, it was a clash of two ex- extraordinary worlds. He ended up staying there and he became a Reb in his own right, a very harsh Reb in, in a different dynasty. But that was a type of, of, of Mahalach. It, it was, um, it, and people felt for the first time that everything they did was emis. They used to say that in, in, in the, in the, everywhere else people do mitzvahs b'fahesi and averis b'tzina. We do averis b'fahesi and mitzvahs b'tzina. That was the, 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 the vertel of it. Um, and, 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 and for a time, this was, it drew a lot of isnagdus. Chaim Sanz was against the other rebbes. There were a lot of rebbes that were very against it. They felt it's, it's extreme, it's, it's not the Balshemto Shit and so on. It's interesting. Um, the Kotzka had a friend of his in Pshischa, Rabbi Yitzhak Varka, who, who was very close with, with, with the, the Kotzka, but he made his own chsidis. He didn't break away, just he went his own way. And his chassidus was back again to the old-fashioned Abbas Yisrael and caring about people. Alexander, who was the other big chassidus in, in, in Poland, came from that, from that gathering. Baraka Amshinov was from there. That was where that came. But um, in, in, over here, they demanded absolute pure emis and nothing but that. A few veritas, sort of, just to give a flavor of it, it says... Um, so the Pashup Shad is, even if you give very little, um, as long as you mean it, that's what you have, that's good enough. In cuts they would teach, is going on the marbe. You, giving a lot is also good only if you can do it. Because there's too much self-involved. Yeah, I'm giving a big donation and feel so good about it. There was that type of attitude that you always have to be suspect. The um, a few more e- examples. Um, there was somebody once in Kutsk who asked the Rebbe about buying a plot in Eretz for himself after he dies. So he asked him why. Says the Gemara says that anybody who dies in Chutzah is going to have to suffer Gilgal Michilis. The body goes through tunnels to get there, so whatever it means. The Rebbe said, you know, I've never seen such a Baltaiva like you. He said, people, at least when they're alive, they worry about the body. You're the first one that's worried about how his body's going to feel after he dies. <laughs> he said that, you know, that, that. There was another old Kotzka Chasif from the big Oivdim. 
and as he was dying, they asked him, has the Yitzhahara finally loosened his grip on you? And he said, no. He's standing here telling me, say Shema Yisrael, so that they can write in the books about you that the Shmosa Yotza Be'echot. That's, that's what the Yitzhahara is talking about. And, and it, was, it was something that was ingrained in them, that, that you know, to, to tell themselves, there's, there's, there's a vart from the Katskan, this week's parsha, which is, which is a really, it goes to the heart of an emiss. He said that, um, he writes, it says, Zacharnas Adag Zacharno Bishifteinu al Sirabasa, when we sat on the Sirabasa and we have no meat and so on. So they asked, the man had every time, so what's the problem? And in Yiddish, it, 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 I'll say it in Yiddish. So they asked him, the man had tam basa. So the Koska said, nishtem tam gewalt, noch They didn't want the taste of meat. They wanted the sira basa. In other words, the physicality. They wanted big chunks of meat in a big pot. That's what they missed. They, you know, taste is already something a little more refined. But people were so into the the meat that that's what he wanted. That was the, the, the genre of Torah that he said. And what he demanded of people was incredible. The Chedusha Rim, we mentioned it when we spoke of Chedusha Rim, he had written a safe on Olchesh Mishpat. And the Kotzka looked at it and he was taken by it. He said, Well, he said, It's incredible. But if you publish this, people will stop looking at the Shach. And I don't think that it's appropriate somebody of our generation should overshadow the Shach. And the Chedushim took all his Chedushim and burnt them. Um, that's, that's something, and when, when the Kotz heard about it, he was extremely impressed. He said, this is something he um, himself would burn every year, everything he ever wrote, every piece of paper. Not one drop is he going to leave. Uh, it, it, it was constantly tearing away and saying, this is not Amos, this is not Amos, this is not Amos, and so on. It was in its heyday. It was. It started becoming a very, very attractive place, and people started coming there, in Balialia, and some people. It was. It became like an in place to, to to come to, kind of, you know. And it became very populated, and it might have been part of what made the Kotzker um, become fed up. About ten to twelve years after they came to Kotsk, a new phase entered in Kotsk, and that was when the Rebbe withdrew. It's called the Hezge. There are a few stories about what happened. It's hard, like I say, it's very hard to get an exact thing because the people who were close and really Hasidim tried to be memayit, tried to write less about it. It was a very painful parsha. Other people made terrible things out of it. I'll try to sketch out what I think. Again, it's like it's a, when you see different, different versions, you try to get some sense of it. The Kutzka started getting more and more extreme. He demanded that the chassidim stick stay longer and longer and longer around. And there was no sense of when you come home, people's families were starving, literally starving to death. People's, um, people didn't know what was happening. There was pressure on their wives to get a get from them. It, it, and, and the Rebbe was coming in less and less frequently to be with the Olam. In the early years, he would walk for hours with them, teaching them Dark Hashem and Dark Chassidus. He was spending less and less time hidden. Two or three things blew everything. One was 
and again, it's hard to tell a chronological sequence, but they happened around the same time, about 20 years before it was Nifta. The Sidon um, were having less and less money to, 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 to nobody, people were starving, people were hungry there, people's families starving. And there was a woman, a, a wealthy woman named Tamaril, very famous figure. She lived near Warsaw. She came and brought two barrels of gold to the Rebbe. Molly Simchan said, Rebbe, give this out to the Chassidim. They'll be able to sit and learn without a care in the world, without any, any um, you know, need or recourse, I think. And the Rebbe was horrified. My gosh, he said, with, without a care in the world, that's the Nachash. The curse on the Nachash is that, that, he, that he has everything he needs. Wherever he goes, he eats earth, and that's all he needs. That's the Klala, a person to have no needs. No wants, no desires, no looking up to the Yokarish Baraku, no requests. That's that's killing the people. That's horrible. And then he took her into the like into base medrash and he said, Here and he threw out the gold on the floor and he said, Let's see who are the first knees that are going to bend to Rabodazara. And there was a shocked silence in the base medrash. And for a moment, there was everything was frozen. And then someone bent down and picked up a few coins, and someone else did, and someone else did, and someone else did. And the Rebbe turned white, and he stalked back in his room. He slammed the door, and he said, "Never again will the door be open. I've had it. I thought I would have 200 Hasidim who would wear cabbage. They, they would wear cabbage hats. No, they, it, it, the poorest of the poorer peasants used to take a big cabbage leaf and put it on their heads." And they would stand on the rooftops and say, And instead, I have a bunch of schnurrs over here. Never will I want to have anything to do with them again. They can bang on the door all they want. The door's not opening again. That was one story that happened. A second story was that the, um, the, the, the Ishbitzer, who was his age, learned together with him, had been his nichnatim 12 years, and obviously not happy being Nechnatim. First of all, he had his own to give. And secondly, he also um, he also felt that the Kotzkes Derech is going off off the cliff. It's not a Mahala. And one Shmini Atzeres, he picked himself up. The Rebbe's not coming out. Like always, the Rebbe just wasn't coming out. Rebbe, he picked himself up, took a bunch of Chassidim with him, went off, made their own Akafis. Which again is by Chassidim, this is Mrida Bemalchus. And he began to drunk people. He said, This is not the right derech. His marshal is, he's got the best chemotherapy. I'm just using the word chemotherapy today. He's got the best chemotherapy in the world. It destroys the cancer with the patient with it. And he said, It's not a mahalach. You're going to destroy the people. And the Rebbe was beside himself with rage. And he said, it's, I'm finished with them. They're, they're, they're worthless. They're not worth. Uh, uh, they're not worth a, a nickel. I'm not having a thing to do with them. And Dijerutz broke away, and he made his own, and it was terrible. It was very traumatic. A few weeks later, and this is a mice that's referred to very, very by by one to see them. They call it the Shabbos, and the Rebbe became not well. He was making kiddush. He said, "I can't take this anymore. How much longer do we have to suffer?" And he fainted. And it, and when he came to, you know, they had to. They, they, he, he really fainted. He was he was almost dead, and they finally revived him, and that was it. And he locked himself up in his room for 20 years. The only two people 
that he allowed into the room was his, he had a shamish, Reb Hirschel Thomas who was a neman of his, and the Chedush HaRim. Chedush HaRim was able to go to him whenever he wanted. Chedush HaRim would bring, actually, he brought this Vasemis as a young boy there, and it was freezing, his Vasemis was, was not feeling well, and they asked him, what are you stopping him? He's not going to appreciate it. He said, let him see once in his life what an embassy he looks like. Um, that was the Harachat Chedush HaRim. So, and that was it. Cuts basically closed down for practical purposes. There, was, there were still people learning cuts, but the Rebbe never came out. He really would he let somebody in, and that was it. Um, he would let in Rebbe Zekvarka when he came. We came occasionally, very rarely. But basically, um, it, was a, it was a terrible tkuf of sort of um, neither here nor there. He, um, when he was Nifta, so there are two things said over about that. But one was before he was nifty, he said, "If you sit and learn, I'm and if you don't learn, all the shtick in the world is not going to get you anywhere." And that was one. And then another. And again, this is not. It's it's, it's quoted a lot. Not clear. A mucker that his last words he said was the pasuk of. Um, in other words, I'm done seeing a Kaddish Baruch Hu through a facade, through um, different, you know, uh, through different uh, disguises. I want it face to face, which is sort of a sum total of his life's of, of his life shifas. Um, of the people that followed his derech, the one that is is sort of the mainstream is Ger. Ger took the Chedushim took a lot from it. Took from it the the, the sort of there's a there was a brevity of Torah. Most of the Torah was focused on uncovering a a sharp the Kuda in yourself. If you look at the Chedushim's Torah, you have that same brevity and sharpness, but much much more toned down version. Um, you know they took certain things to focus. Learning is very important. To focus less on externalities and more on demanding of yourself: Is it right what you're doing? Is it emis? To keep asking yourself over and over again: Is this coming believe shalom, or are you or are you playing a game with yourself? That's that was part of it. So Ger and, and because Ger, Ger became a very mainstream sheet, it's a toned down version of it, and it drew some of the Yisraelis. The Maskilim made a lot to do. Some tainet that he was kaifer on that Chavez, he had tainet Sakharish Baruch Hu and Chazesh, uh, you know, after the Pumam that they, you know, he, he was Mechal Shabbos and then he said that's it. Um, it's the fantasies. I mean, the fact that you have two Adam like the Avnenez and the Chedusha Rim that say Adis about it is is um, is incredible. You don't have any bigger people than, than that, and they they said if there was one demus of an ish emis, that that was cool emis, that was him. The um, the the, I, I, the takeaway, I guess, um, he he was an emis. I guess if we can use a marshal, it, it's like trying to plug to plug in a, a a small appliance into into like the main into the main wire that carries electricity, you'd blow it. You, 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 you take a step-down transformer and another step-down transformer and, and so on, and you bring it down to a current that you can deal with, you can run stuff on it. 
he was his kochas and nefesh were beyond the the koach of Adar. It wasn't possible for his hashpa to transfer to people at large. It just couldn't be. Um, he, he was he was a darg of emes that are malachim, not human beings. It wasn't shayach. Um, he was mashpia on two, three individuals like the Chedusha Rim, like Davna Neza, who then brought it down to some sort of um, to some sort of hashpah that we can have shaykhs to. It's unfortunate. I mean, he burnt all his tire, destroyed it. The we do have what we have is Vertlach. Um, like I said before, they're written. They were originally said in Yiddish. Um, but they, you know, and therefore they, they translated slightly differently, different people. Um, it, it's, it's, we, we don't have directly from him much except just the name and, and the person. But he left through his Talmidim, whose Torah we, we have, and what's the Shirim, what is Vas Emes, the Imri Emes, all the Hemshech through Ger, which really includes a very large segment of Chesidus. Um, through Sachachav, which which left us Tzfarim and things like that, we have his legacy, um, and it's and in the big picture, like I said before, we needed the two the tension of both of both poles. On the one hand, a demand for um, emotion that if a person does mitzvahs and ma'asim toivim, dry just because Rehor says so, no feeling. No ava, no year, nothing that's dead. On the other hand, emotions can become very, very, very artificial. Even if you mean it, but it's kind of artificial. You, you, you know, you strum up the guitar, you, you bang the, the, the thing, you say a story, and people cry, people laugh, people dance. But to ask yourself, is it emis? You know, is it, is it something that's you through and through and through? Um, that was the question that he posed to that side, and the the derech emes requires holding on mizem to hold on to the um, to, to try to give life and feeling to what we do, and to keep asking ourselves and checking ourselves: Are these emotions real, genuine? Is this me? Or, or is it just, even if I mean well, not, I'm not doing it to, to, to fool somebody, but even if I mean well, but is it something that just pumped up? I'll finish maybe with a vart that's this week's Sedra. He didn't say it, but his Talmud, Reb Nachem Mendel, Vark, said it. Um, he was interesting, he was a son of Yitzhak Varka, whose personality was very close to the Kotzka. His name was Nachem Mendel also, and he became... Um, and he became a, a Talmud of Kotzka. It's very, one of the ironic twists in history. And he said the following. He used to say very short, very laconic, very sharp. He said on Rashi, it says, Oz Yashem Moshe. So Rashi says, Oz Ola B'machshavtoi. So we have to understand, what does it mean, Oz Ola B'machshavtoi? That's when he thought about seeing So um, he said three words on it. He said, Oz Ola B'machshavtoi. Ola similar to the word by Yarden it says the Yarden overflowed its banks he said means 
Moshe Rabbeinu didn't say, ah, we got to do now a Zemeral, uh, we have to do a Shira, Lekavid, Lekavid, uh, the Yamsuf. Moshe th- contemplated. Moshe sat and thought about the Gazagach Baruch Hu. And as he sat and thought, his emotions overran his Seichel. In other words, he did his best to put a lid on it. And he was using Seichel, and the emotions exploded from inside. The true Shira is not when a person says, no, well, let's sing Kalachayim, let's be in a good mood, let's sing and dance. It's when a person thinks about something, and he's using his mind to the utmost, and the emotion just bursts and overflows. It's a word that his Talmud said, it fits the, 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 the Torah of the Rabbi. And, um, and even though we don't directly, it's too, the, the power source is beyond us to tap into, but we've tapped into um, much, much lower, step-down versions, still very powerful ones to, to give us that meat of Emes. Yes, he had kids, but but his kids didn't take over. I mean, he had, yeah, he got married. He was married twice. He was married, and then his wife was Nifta, and then 